0: Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1, James chapter 1. Over the next week or two, I don't know, maybe three, <laughs> we're going to be looking at the goodness of God. <clears throat> We've just looked at the fact that God is not behind all our problems, our temptations and everything else. We know that we live in a fallen world, amen? Amen. And, you know, one of the key things, we're going to look at one of the key things in the Christian life that will allow you to live the kind of life that God planned for you. And that is to understand who's behind your problems and who's not. You know, so much of the time we've got people preaching that God's the one that's behind all your problems. And, you know, he's testing you, he's trying you. Like he has no life. Like he has nothing else to do with his life. No, seriously. Seriously. You know what kind of twisted person (laughs) sits there scheming what they can do to make life miserable for you? Who'd want to worship that? (laughs) Not me. And you know, this is one of the things that, you know, because of our misunderstanding of the Old Testament, and because we didn't have enough English words to translate the Hebrew... We wrote all sorts of stuff in our Bible, in English, that doesn't reflect the Hebrew and why people that read Hebrew say they never read this. Do you understand this is not the Bible? Do you understand this is a translation? Somebody say amen to that one. It's a translation. Some things get lost in translation. Translation. You know, even in different languages, you know, we, we've got certain sayings in Sri Lankan that you can't say it in Eng- like you can't say it in Australian. It kind of loses something in the translation. Right. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And, you know, from Hebrew to English, you know, and and, and Greek to English, we just lose a lot. And so... That's why I always say, you know, be careful what doctrines you make out of the translation. That's right. Amen. Anyway, let's begin. <laughs> Let me read in James chapter 1, verse I'm going to read two verses, verses 16 and 17. The apostle James is now explaining why we must never think that God is behind our problems, and he says now in verse 16, "Do not be deceived, my brethren, or he says, my beloved brethren, verse 17, he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. There is so much in these two verses. We're going to take a little while to get through them. Okay. This is good for you. <laughs> okay. Now, first of all, I want you to notice that the Apostle James begins with the phrase, do not be deceived. In relation to this, uh, Kent Hughes says here, let's face it, we sometimes think evil of God when tragedy comes to those we love. And when we have been fired or have undergone a divorce, or as we observe the dominating presence of evil in human life. Honesty with ourselves reveals that questioning God, uh, God's goodness is endemic. For people who don't know what that means, it means it's common and widespread. Okay? To the human condition. Blasphemous moments may come and go to the believer's soul, but if they lodge themselves in one's thinking, they can neutralize and even destroy our spiritual life. Did you get that? I'll come back to this in a minute. It is impossible to walk with God if we question His goodness. And that's why James says, in the most literal sense, for your soul's sake, brothers and sisters, stop being deceived. Now, there's a mouthful there, isn't there? I want you to notice a couple of things in what he said. When tragedy comes, that's when we think, you know, because... We think, because people have preached, that God is in control of everything. Right. Yeah. Who's heard of that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and they think they're honoring God, but in fact, they're doing the very opposite of honoring him. Right. Because if he was in control, he was in control right at the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning, when he created paradise, he was in control. Right. And then he gave control over to man. And he said, you know what? From now on, let them have dominion. That's right. People will agree with me when I say, do you believe that God's word is infallible? Oh, yes, brother. Yes, amen. Do you believe it is forever? Yeah, amen. And then, they, and then you ask them, do you believe he's in control of everything? Yes. But he said in Genesis, yeah, but... Do you know why? Then we become responsible. And people don't like to be responsible for things. They'd much rather blame it on somebody else. Now, this is something we have to learn, family. We need to learn that when God set the mandate in Genesis 1.26, when he said, let them, and I want you to notice it didn't say let him or let her under him have dominion. It said, let them have dominion. Dominion And can I add the word equally? All right. And so that was his mandate. He, he did all of this and handed it over to us. That's the reason why Jesus, he says, anybody that believes, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. And in his name, they shall do all of these things. You know something? God works through us. He confirms his word through us. And Jesus says the believer will do this. The believer knowing that Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see my father doing. So he obviously saw what his father was doing, but regardless of what his father was doing, if he didn't go lay hands on the sick, they wouldn't recover. How do you know that? Because all the people that didn't get to him didn't get it. The people got to him, got it. Yeah. Are you all with me? See, that follows the mandate, let them have dominion. That's why Jesus had to come in this earthly body. And he didn't just come to say, whoa, look at me. <laughs> no, seriously, because this is what people think. Yeah. That Jesus came and did all these incredible works to show that he was the son of God. What about us? Oh, you're just peons. Don't even think about it. But isn't it funny that he says in John chapter 14 and verse 12, not only will you do these things, but greater works than these you will do when I go to my father. Do you know why? Because he's still operating under the Old Testament. Do you know he hadn't died yet? New Testament began after Jesus died, not before. So he did all of this stuff, raised Lazarus from the dead, walked on water, calmed storms, all of that Old Testament. That's why he said, when I go to the Father, you'll be able to do more than this stuff. Turn water into wine. Uh, don't go in the wine business. Anyway, no, <laughs> you know, but, you know, but you know, get this. He said, when I go, you'll be able to do more. You will be able to do more. If it was meant to die out, he would have never said that. If it was just for him, he would have never said that. Amen. So we have all these nutsy ideas about well, you know, God is behind all the problems; He is in control. Can I just say this? He is looking to you. He's looking to me. To to Jesus put it best. When he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is that will going to be done? Through us. Amen? Okay. The reason that we think that God is behind things is because we think He's in total control. Family, we we really need to understand that He is not. I know it might sound like a blasphemous thought, but please think about this. Because when you look at all the stuff that's going on in the world, you need to realize something that Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How can he come to do that if God is in control? No, seriously. Jesus would never have said that. Jesus would have said, oh, don't worry, the thief can't come to steal, kill, and destroy, because God is in control. But he said he does. So we need to work out what's going on here. And we need to come to the realization that we're the deciding factor in what goes on down here. People say, why pray? God knows everything. Because God said, let them have dominion. And as we pray, things begin to happen. Oh, they happen all the time. When you know to pray right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a whole other series. Anyway, which you can tune in on th- every second Thursday night. Uh, back to this, back to this. So, <laughs> I want you to notice. First of all, he says, we, you know, this is the reason why people think badly of God, evil of God, when there's a problem, because they think he's in control. Once you get over that, then you start seeing God in a different light. Right. Are you all with me? And uh, but I also want you to notice something very significant. He says blasphemous moments may come and go to the believer's uh, soul, but if they lodge themselves in one thinking, that's where the problem is. You know, you might have a thought, okay? We all have thoughts, don't we? Okay, one of those fleeting thoughts of, I, ah, you know, even I've done this once in a way, when I've said, why God? And he goes, why what? And I'll jump up and I'll go, oh, sorry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because do something about it. You know, we like to feel sorry for ourselves and we like to just sit there and pat ourselves over our little brow and our little head and go, oh, you poor thing. What's God doing to you now? Get up. It's not God. It's the devil and God wants you to do something about it. Yes. Amen. <laughs> mm. All right might get to that later. All right, so, (laughs) listen to what he says here. It is impossible to walk with God if we question his goodness. That's why James says in the literal text, for your soul's sake, brothers and sisters, stop being deceived. Did you get that? It's a deception to think that God is behind your problems. And we must not allow that deception to creep in, regardless of what preacher with whatever letters after his name is preaching it. So what does he go on to say? Verse 17. He says, this is what you think. This is how you believe. This needs to be your mindset. Every good gift and every perfect gift... And i like to add, because one of the translations puts this in, God freely gives us, is from above. Amen. But we'll look at this, don't worry. And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You know, literally it says no hidden shadow or hidden darkness, and is never the subject to change. See... There's nothing hidden about God. There's no little shadow here and there. A little little bit of darkness. You know, God's good and all, but some days, you know, he has his dark moments. (laughs) I'm making a joke here, but you need to get this because people think this in their brain. And the Apostle James is very clear when he says there is absolutely no shadow even of turning. But that's the reason why the Apostle John says God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. That's the Apostle John separately telling us something, that God is light. See, that's what the Apostle James is trying to get across to us, that in him there is no darkness at all. Amen? And so uh, and Hughes once again says, the opening phrase, every good and perfect gift is from above. I want to look at this, okay? asserts that all goodness comes from God. all goodness comes from God. if there's anything good in your life it came from him. Yeah but I'm not a, you know I'm not saved doesn't matter. He allow, you know it causes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. you know isn't it wonderful that God will just bless you regardless? That's the reason why people have absolutely no see, if God was behind people's tragedies and things, bad things that happen, and they decide not to believe in Him, fair enough. You can make a case when you get to heaven. <laughs> you know, you could say, "Look what you did! You, believe, you expect me to believe in you, to follow you after all this? Are you kidding me?" And He'll have to say, "Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> okay." But what if? What if? What if? You get to heaven. And you start pointing things out and he said, that wasn't me. And something else goes, that wasn't me. And everything that you thought he was behind, he said, that was not me. What would you do then? You go, well, what was you? (laughs) Well, all the things I brought to try and get you out of it, that was me. Every little blessing you had in your life, that was me. Every natural talent you had in your life came from me. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Whatever gifts we have, let them have. Are you all with me? We'll talk about that more in just a minute. The sense is even stronger in the literal reading where it says all good giving and every perfect gift is from above because it emphasizes the action of giving is good, okay? The action of giving is good. It's a good thing. He gives good things, okay? And that all his gifts are perfect and complete. Thus, God's giving is intrinsically and comprehensively good, did you get that? Everything that God gives is intrinsically good and it's comprehensively good. There's nothing built into whatever he gives us that's not good. If he gives it, it's good. <laughs> Amen? If you get it from, can I just say it the other way? If you get something from the devil, it's intrinsically bad. Don't touch it. Oh, he'll say no, you know, oh, it's okay. You know, everybody's, you know, whatever hey, don't touch the thing. Because remember I told you, the the tempter is also the accuser. He'll tempt you, he'll lie to you, he'll say nobody will know, blah, blah, blah. As soon as you do something wrong, how could you? And then tells everybody about it. (laughs) Have we figured that out yet? I look at people and think, dude, why? Hmm. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Okay. The logical, oh, yeah, the logical implied sense is that nothing evil can possibly come from above. Did you get that? Nothing evil can possibly come from above. Just the sense of it coming from above means it's something good coming down on you. Everything bad comes from down. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Expanding on this a little further, there's a particular aspect of God's gifts being perfect and complete that lets us know lets us know that every gift and gifting we have, whether natural or spiritual, are all from God. Meaning that they can all be traced back to God. We we really need to get a hold of this because we're <laughs> we're coming back to the series, The Supernatural Church. Okay? And so this is a great segue into it, because we need to understand that whatever God gives us, first of all, will bless us. Second, it will bless everybody around us. Everything he does is twofold. Everything he gives is twofold. He not only blesses you, but wants you to be a blessing. Because there's something beautiful about you helping somebody and somebody saying thank you. And we all should say thank you. okay? (laughs) But there is something about that, that you've done something for someone else, done something outside of yourself that blessed somebody other than yourself. There is a sense on the inside of it, a satisfaction that comes like like no other. As wonderful as you think it is when you get that thing you've been wanting forever, there is something else, a different blessing, something incredible that comes on you when you do something for somebody else, and ask for nothing in return. Are y'all here? I want to take you to Deuteronomy 8.18. You know this scripture, but I saw it in a different light. In light of this scripture, let me read it. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power, that's all your natural abilities, to get wealth. Let me just stop there for a minute. He gives you the power. To get wealth, do you understand? You know, you might say, "Well, I'm just am just a math wizard." Where do you think that came from? Understand something? The good gifts. I've always seen it this way: that all the good gifts are natural ones. Do you know why they're good? Because, and they're not perfect because they change. You know, getting a brand new car is a good gift until twenty years later then you need another car, (laughs) okay? That good gift needs to be replaced by another good gift. But spiritual gifts don't wear out with time. In fact, they get better over time if you allow the Lord to work, okay? And you allow the Holy Spirit to work with you. Those are perfect gifts. We see some of those perfect gifts in Romans chapter 12. We see them in 1 Corinthians We see them in uh, Ephesians. There are gifts. God gives gifts in different ways. And we're going to talk about all those gifts, and you'll be surprised at what those all are. You will be surprised. And they are incredible. They are from God. Because they come from God, they're perfect. And they work in imperfect people regardless. I just think, how can a perfect God give a perfect gift to an imperfect person like me? First John 1.9. If we confess our sin, <laughs> okay, this is why I always come back to that. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, get you back to perfection, and the gift will work. <laughs> will gifts work in imperfect people if they don't confess their sin? Yeah, but it's wacky. And they get weird words. And we sit there and cringe a little bit. And the Apostle Paul says, let two or three people judge that, shall we? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Because the Corinthian church was famous for it. Or should I say infamous. Boy, I tell you. Everybody had a tongue. Everybody had a this and everybody had a that. Anyway. All right. I pray you're getting something out of this. That's the reason that we are to honor God with our substance, because every gift and raw talent, I said raw. Now, you might have a raw talent for maths and numbers, but you know it's up to you then to be diligent, to study, to learn, to grow. You know, you might go to university, get PhD, whatever. But that raw talent came from somewhere. Oh, that was me mom and dad. Where do you think they got it from? Well, they mom and dad. Keep going, keep going. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let some of them be great at maths. And some great at science, some both. So, <laughs> okay? And, and he, he did this. He gave us his life, his giftings. That's the reason why he says, whatever you're good at. This is one way we can acknowledge God. You know, we have some gorgeous singers up here. Every time they sing and they worship God, I just melt. I can't sing because I just melt. I tried to sing today. I couldn't. I was like, oh, on the inside. I didn't want to look like that because I look weird. <laughs> but that was what was going on on the inside. I just think, God, oh, that just, just goes right through me. Seriously, it doesn't bounce off me. It goes right through me. It just energizes my spirit. Does incredible things. And I I can only thank God that they bless everybody with the gifts that God gave them. And I pray all over them that they go out there and they're anointed. And the wealth of the sinner comes into their bank accounts. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Hey, man, you know... (laughs) All right. So, once again I said That's the reason why we are to honor God with our substance Because every gift, every raw talent we have Came from Him And once you are saved, He blessed you With even more gifts And some spiritual in nature And I talked about some of those That were designed to bring even more life And light into your life I know life twice, but you know what I'm trying to say Amen? Amen? That's why the Apostle James says again that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And he goes on to say, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In his commentary, John MacArthur explains that the phrase Father of lights" was an ancient Jewish title for God, referring to him as creator and as the giver, a great giver of light, in the form of the sun, the moon, the stars, all right, as brought out in Genesis 1 14 to 19. Unlike these sources of light, which, magnificent as they are, can nevertheless vary and will eventually fade, God's character, power, wisdom, and love have no variation of shifting of turning. Of shifting shadow, excuse me. Isn't it incredible? You know, I was thinking about that. That everything in the natural, that's why those are good things. They're in the natural, they last so long. Even science knows. You know, that certain stars will last this long, and so on and so forth. Uh, so we know that. But the source, where it came from, it goes on forever. Isn't that something? He goes in to say, through Malachi, the Lord declares, I, the Lord, do not change. This is Malachi 3.6. Through John, this is where it is, we are told that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. You know, I, I really like that the Apostle John says, at all. Because we think sometimes it's a little bit. But he says, at all. There is no darkness at all. And through the writer of Hebrews, we are assured that Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and today. Yes, and forever. Which means, Old Testament or New, God has not changed. That's the reason why we can't say, well, God of the Old Testament is different to the God of the New Testament. There are different covenants, but it's the same God. So we read, that's the way I read. the uh, When I read the Bible, I read it in light of what all the Scripture says. Because then I know when somewhere the translation has gone wacky, okay? When something has gone wrong. And that we need to look a little bit closer and see what's actually being said. Because it doesn't agree with something else. The Bible never contradicts itself. However, the translation does. Can I say that again? The Bible never contradicts itself, but the translations do. See, it's speaking. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it lieth. No. <laughs> okay? No. Listen, man, there are things, because people pick things out of here. And they say the Bible says, and I have to say, no, the translation says. That's right. The Bible didn't say that, the translation said that. Are you with me? Okay. Oh, have I got to that place? Uh, thank you. <laughs> There's more. We might need to just call it, call it here. Let, let me just finish this, okay? He says the celestial bodies God created have various phases of movement and rotation changing from hour and varying uh, yeah change from hour to hour and varying in intensity and shadow God however is changeless Hallelujah Amen We need to uh, you know, let me finish here We need to understand something here and this is really important If God is changeless, if he is light and in him there is no darkness at all, if God is love, and I wrote a book called Love and Light, because those are the two things that it says God is. God, he doesn't have it. It says God is love and God is light. And I base everything that I read on those two things. And I ask myself, will love or light do that? And the thing that I have realized is that there is a lot of misinterpretation that don't agree with that. And so I have to back off from those interpretations and go look deeper. And every time I have, I have found the answer that agrees with God is love and God is light. And agrees with the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy and deceive people into thinking that it was God. We are never going to, you know, one of the things that we learned today was we are never going to walk in the fullness of what God has called us to if we don't trust Him. If we think He is behind our problems, we'll never engage God when we're going through something because we'll think He is the thing behind the problem we're going through, not that the enemy is attacking us. And that God said, greater is He that is in you than he that's attacking you in the world. Amen? And that we can speak to mountains. We can speak to mountains and watch them disappear. That's why Jesus said, Whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt, this is Mark eleven twenty three. shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will come to pass. He will have, he will have what he says. Amen? Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest do according to all that is written therein. For then it says, Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you will have good success. You will make your way prosperous, you will have good success. Why? Because you're in harmony with God. See, it's showing us over and over again, you need to do something. Don't just point to God and blame him for everything. You need to stand up and do something. And then he will confirm his word with signs following. He can only confirm his word if it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no word to confirm. Is that like, duh? I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay. Let's have every head bowed in right clothes. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for the wonderful God that you are. And we thank you, Lord, that you help us to take responsibility for the things that we so often blame you for when it is our fault. When we do something, when you've warned us not to do something, we've done it anyway, something's gone wrong. And then we have the nerve to say, well, God is testing me. And I just thank you, Father, that we don't do that anymore. We begin to take responsibility for our behavior. We take responsibility for the things that we participated in going wrong. And for those things that go wrong just because the enemy is trying to stop us. Then we know to stand up and say, peace be still. And shut the thing down. Hallelujah. And we just thank you, Lord, that we're not going to sit there and go, God, why? (laughs) But I thank you, Lord, that you will show us. How to live the kind of life that you designed, destined, and planned for us to live. Hallelujah. An overcoming life. A blessed life. So that we can be a blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen.